Shalom Aleichem, welcome to Yiddish Book Center Radio. I'm here today with Hanum Lotik, one of the great scholars and collectors of Yiddish songs. She's being honored on Tuesday, June 12th at 7.30 p.m. at the Town Hall in New York City, uh, in time for her 90th birthday, Bezohundet and Svansik. And we're meeting today at Hannah's workplace, the YIVO Institute in New York. Hannah, welcome. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to see you. Good. Well, I'm going to start out with my first question then. Okay. So I hear that Isaac Besheva singer once called you the Sherlock Holmes of Yiddish songs. So, so why did he say that? What is that all well, about? Well, you see, we had a column in the forward, my husband and I. It was called Paddle from the Yiddish Poesia, Pearls of Yiddish Poetry. And people would send us in snippets of song and say, do you know this? Can you tell us something about the song? Do you know anything about the composer, the author? And we would answer, and we uncovered uh, many songs that the people just remembered a line or two, and that's why he called us, you know, so how did at you a banquet. Know, Hannah? How, did you, how did you know to do that? Well, I, I studied, and I read a lot, and I was given a scholarship by Max Weinrach at the Eva to study with him, and 12 of us were given scholarships. Huh. And we studied at UCLA, and we studied with Weinrach there. Really? I was his secretary. And we so start, this was back in the 1940s? When, uh, well, I started working with Weinrock in 44. Wow. I worked with Lucy Dovidovich sure. before that. She was his secretary before me. Huh. And then I came to, when uh, Weinrock gave these courses at UCLA, the Yiva gave 12 uh, scholarships. Among them were Uriel Weinrock and Chickel Fishman wow. and Yasun Latek, wow. whom, I, whom wow. I married later. And we took courses in folklore and linguistics, and we started to collect. We formed a club, the Khan Folklore Club at Evo, and we started to collect material and write about them. And we published a magazine. I think you must have it at the center, the Yiddish Folklore. Yes, of course. And yeah. I was one of the co-editors. And we started to collect and study these songs, and it was fascinating. Yeah, what was your background? Are you American-born? I'm American-born, and I went to a uh, Hunter College. I got the Hunter College Hall of Fame Award, and I studied in a Yiddish school. It became Workman Circle School. I see. And I was very good in Yiddish, and uh, the fact that I became Weinrock's secretary, who was the, the, one of the most famous linguists in Yiddish, and, and he chose me as his secretary, and I worked for, with him for many years. And That's extraordinary. So, so obviously you grew up in a Yiddish-speaking home, right? In a Yiddish-speaking home. My sister and I, my sister was a musician, was a musician, and we both, uh, we used to answer in English, but the language at home was Yiddish. So when Weinreich first came to America, having escaped from Vilna, he arrived here in the United States, he decided to reconstruct the Yivo here. Yeah. Did you know who he was at the time? Did you appreciate that? I know that a friend of mine was like an aspirant. And she an aspirant meaning a fellow a at Evo in, in Vilna. Yeah. And she used to tell me about Max Weinrach. The only one I knew about was Leibis Schlerer, who was the director of Camp Ibidic that I went to. Right. But I didn't know anything about Weinrach. And so I started to work here. And what was your impression of him when you met him? For me, this is also larger than life. You he, know, was, that he was a, larger yeah. than life. He was an amazing man. Very interesting man, a wonderful, his Yiddish was so beautiful that to me it sounded like music, and I was a musician, I studied music. And um, he was a perfectionist, and uh, they, his concentration at that time was to standardize the Yiddish orthography. 
because before that it was with the silent hay and the silent olive. Right, right, right. And in Yuva, they started to standardize together with the t-shirt schools. Right, this is back in Poland in, in, Poland, the, in the 30s, in right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, as a matter of fact, he worked very hard on that because there were a lot of criticism, a lot of criticism on the standardization of Yiddish. But I learned that, and as a matter of fact, he made me one of the committee of about seven pieces of people throughout the world that used the standard Yiddish. Sutskova, Sanyin, Suskovich, I think in Argentina, Schechter, right. me, and later, Shashkaela. Oh, sure, sure. And we were all standard, uh, in the committee. And uh, finally, uh, Marcus Schechter put out that the second uh, uh, guide to spelling. Right, right. There'd been an earlier one in Vilna, right? Yes, yeah. Right. yeah, fascinating. Wow. And tell me about Yasso a little bit as well, about your husband. Okay, Yasso was a very dynamic personality and a, a beautiful speaker. And um, his Yiddish was very beautiful and impressed us all. And, 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 and tell us, where did he come from? Because it's all part of the story. He came from a little town in Prussia in Poland, and they moved at a, he moved at a young age to Warsaw, right. and the family lived in Warsaw. He was, they were all knitters, huh, huh. and he, he went to the school, and he was recognized for his talent in writing and speaking, and he became, he used to write for the children's uh, newspaper, and then he oh, went to... Oh, that was uh, the Grinnick Babelach? No, it was uh, Kinder, Kinderfreund. I see, I see. And then he went to the Medem Sanatorium. And there he became like the, uh, one of the cultural people there. He used huh, to huh. Uh, write for the radio, for a newspaper, for programs, for plays. And everybody knew him at the Madam Sanatorium. Right. And then he got a job at the Volkszeitung. That I was see. the Bundesnewspa daily newspaper. Right. And he wrote about the Pschittich program. I could be a chick wrote about, wrote on the Stettelbrand. Right, 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 of course. And, and uh, when the war broke out, the, uh, the offices of the newspaper were moved to Lublin. So they closed the newspaper in Warsaw, huh. and he started on his way to, uh, and they told him that Lublin was barricaded, was bombarded, bombarded. So he went to Vilna, and he stayed in Vilna a year. He worked with Nayak Pravetsky, he was a pro aspirant of the Yivo. Huh, huh, huh. And then, uh, because of when the Russians came in, the Bundes had to leave. They were being arrested. So he went, and he and his brother, he found his brother Avram, who also survived. They went to Kovna, and Sivihara gave them visas to Japan. I didn't know that. No and kidding. Yeah, and he lived in Japan a year, and then he went to, they were sent to Shanghai to the ghetto there. Right, right. And for about seven years. And, and we should just explain, there was a whole Yiddish-speaking community in the ghetto that's in Shanghai, right? That's right. right. Yeah. I know that a we have... A lot of refugees. We, right, there. we have Shanghai imprints of Yiddish books that were actually yeah, right. published there at that time. Yeah, right? he wrote for the newspaper there, for the magazines, and he wrote poems. He was a poet also. Huh. And... Uh, and was life okay in the ghetto? I mean, was it, it tolerable? It was hard, but he worked in a Russian library. I see. And so it was a little easier for him. But there was a ghetto, there were uh, rules and laws imposed. And uh, I imagine it was hard. And then uh, he was given, offered a job in Calgary in the day schools. 
he was offered visas in Paris and in Australia, but he wanted to get to New York, right? He wanted to get to so the West. So he figured Calgary was closer, huh? And that yeah. was closer. So he was there two years. And during that the two years, he was given a scholarship to, by the Yibo to go to a Weinrock's course in Los Angeles. And, and I met him on transit, and then I met him in, in uh, California. And was it love at first sight? It was love at first sight. <laughs> oh, what a great story. <laughs> wonderful. Yeah, and we had well, two wonderful boys. That, that I know. And I know that, them well, and uh, so, of course, yes. Yeah. That, and that's, that, that's our life, and then we started working together. And did you speak Yiddish among yourselves? Well, when Between I started yourself? at Yivo, yeah. I didn't know any Yiddish. I could say good morning and good uh, guten tag. But little by little, I got used to the, the different dialects here. Klicksburg had Basha, someone had Chensikov. Yeah. And, and it was different. It was very hard for me. I couldn't understand. But my ear got tuned to it. Fascinating. To the language, to the dialects. And I was able to speak, not well. I was right. never able to speak well. But I could write well. And I could read and translate. Did you speak with your husband in English or in Yiddish? We spoke in Yiddish. Fascinating. And then later yeah. English. Here you are, you marry uh, one of the major figures, or soon to be one of the major figures in the Yiddish world. And so eventually, you also was able to come to the city, right? Yes, when we here, we got married. That's how we got the visa, was to come in? And got the visa, and he remained here. And went to the and workman's circle right away, or no? They offered him a job before he came. I see. And then, of course, became the education director, right? And became his first educational director, of the uh, central schools and then the, of the workman's circle. And then later when he retired, he became the uh, managing editor of the forward. Now, did you also share your love of music? Yes. From, was, from the, from the get-go? He played from uh, a mandolin oh, really? by ear. And he loved to sing and he loved music. So we shared that love. And how did you become a professional in Yiddish music? How did that transition take place? It was here at the Yivon that I became interested in the music and the songs. And in California, I did work. And we used to play Binox uh, and Gabi. We used to have sing-alongs in, in UCLA. And I used to play for them. And at the, uh, I used to make medleys of folk songs. And I played for the public. And then we had a friend here, Sander Weissman, who came after the war. And he knew a lot of ghetto songs. And I accompanied him, and I loved the ghetto music. Dinah Weiserstein and Kajaginsky feeling. Yeah, those poems are so powerful, right? They're just. Oh, they were wonderful. And we went all over. We went to all the branches and everything. And then we met Kajaginsky. And it was such a thrill to meet him. And he sang for us. But he came here twice. Once he came here, we met him, and we had a concert together. And he came to my house. I made a party for him. It was a delight. I, I danced thrilling with him. Wow. Will you believe that? You know, Han, I, I have to tell you, as somebody who came to this world later, it's hard to imagine all of this. You know, it, it's amazing. hard that it's still so alive and that it was part of your life. I mean, it was part of my life. And it was a thrilling part of my life. And then he came to visit someone in Brooklyn. We went out to Brooklyn to see him. It was, he was a very uh, fascinating person and also a good singer and, and knew a lot of songs. And as a matter of fact, before he died, we got a letter from him that our magazine reminds him of the old Vilna as it was in, in Vilna. Really? Uh, it was so, uh, he was so moved by it.
Well, that's that's a high compliment. That was a terrific compliment. I well, I know exactly where it is. Right. We so, publish it in our, our yeah. magazine. So I love that you're still working at uh, nine, almost 90 years old, Offman's Alamangas. Uh, not, right? not, I was already. Oh, you're already? I'm already. Fantastic. Okay. Fant so here you are, you're still working. Now you're the director of the Music Archive? I'm the uh, Music Archive. And what does that mean? What do you do here? I collect, uh, I get inquiries about songs and, and music and, and uh, I catalog, I'm working on the catalog of Masha Benya Mats who is a, fine, a singer and a coach and a fine collector. So I'm working on that. And I get different, uh, different little, you know, uh, duties during the week of questions, of doing some, I have to make a report. And it's, it's a lot of um, administrative work too. But it's, uh, I have my library here and I have the archives. And, and it's, it's a wealth of wonderful material. Well, you are such a wealth of wonderful <laughs> material that everyone I know who has ever had a question about anything to do with Yiddish music always ends up calling you in the yes, end. from and the uh, Amherst. From the, from the Amherst, but anyone who calls us, we always refer to you as yes. well, and you always seem to know the answer somehow. So right, right, it's, it's amazing how much you've uh, accumulated you. over the years. And Thank you. You are a national treasure. Yeah, <laughs> and we help people like Michael Tilson Thomas. Yes. He wrote his... Uh, there's narration and play about his grandparents, Tomaszewski. Yes, right. And we found that he collected 11 operettas from us. And I gave him information about songs that his grandfather sang and his grandmother sang, and he used them in his play. That's fantastic. Fantastic. And, wow. Now, you and you also published three remarkable books that I see sitting on the desk here. And I also see that your copies are as well-worn as ours at home because we use these all the time. Yes, I uh, use them all the yeah, time. He's a Mitrogena Gazang. Uh, Songs of Generations, I think, was the last one, right? That was the last yeah, one. Yeah, and Pearl of Yiddish, Pearls and of Yiddish Song. And there is the Yiddish Songs of Ruth Rubin Archive that yes, I did right. with Mark Slovin. Right. And this is the Songs of uh, the Holocaust. Yes, we are here. Uh, yeah. And Fantastic. I have some other books. So, right. so, so it's almost impossible to describe to people how important these books became. They were published by the Workman's Circle? By the Workman's Circle. And they're, they're large format That's editions. That's when Yassel was there. Yes, so large format editions that include musical notation, the Yiddish lyrics, a little context, and then you also have a, an English synopsis of every song as well. Not, right? a, a, not a synopsis, only in the first one we have a synopsis. The other are full translation. Full translation, I see, I see. And it's not a small annotation. I have some things with... with, with yes, paragraphs, with huh? Paragraphs. Right. So these, I, I have to explain, there are many collections of Yiddish songs, of course, going back a long way. But these are the books that one actually, not only are they great collections, but they're singable. And these are the books that we, every one of my generation and younger uses when we try to uh, yeah. you know, learn Yiddish music and sing Yiddish songs. And I, every time there's a Yiddish class anywhere in the world, I suspect, they're making use of these, the, I'm, these books. I'm so happy to hear that. Oh, it's, it's, they're, they're wonderful. So how did the books come about? How did, when did you do them and, when and why? Did I, do? I did that. Uh, at one point, I, was, I wasn't well. I was sick, and I had to give up my job. I worked for the Joint Distribution Committee. I was the archivist there. And uh, somebody said, why doesn't she put out a book? I don't know who said it. I think Judith Shapiro yes. said, why doesn't she put out a book of a song? So we, I did that, and I, I picked songs that we used to sing, that I used to like, that were important, uh, you know, uh, for folklore, for music, and songs by, by 
beloved, uh, favorite authors and composers. And I put, and that was about 100 songs. And then we added the Gebirtik songs. And then a few years later came this book. The Pearls of Yiddish Song. Yiddish song with longer uh, annotations. And then finally the Songs of Generation, which has an index, combined index of three books. Fantastic. Just, just, just wonderful. It must be so gratifying to see and this. We're pleased that this one has two, two books have prefaces uh, by Elie Wiesel, hmm. and this one has a foreword by Dub Noy, a famous folklorist in yeah, at, he at Hebrew University, head of the folklore department there, and Elie Wiesel, of course, who began his literary career uh, in Yiddish. Uh, in Yiddish, yeah. the Welt Geschwiegen, which later became uh, As a night. matter of fact, yes. there was a reception that he attended uh, about a few weeks ago, and he sang Yiddish song. Did he because really? Because of this kitten. Oh, isn't that oh, one? Yeah. Whenever I meet him, we always speak in Yiddish, and he, he speaks, speaks this beautiful, Yiddish. rich Yiddish, and, it, and yes, it's so... Yes, he speaks to me in Yiddish. So, after a whole lifetime of working with Yiddish music and continuing to work with Yiddish music, you must have felt a little like a voice in the wilderness when you began, and all of a sudden there's this renaissance everywhere you look. There's Klez Camp and Klez Canada, and, yeah. and even at the book center this year we're running Yidstock, which is a festival of Yiddish music, uh, of new Yiddish music on Ju uh, July 14th and 15th. Uh, everywhere one looks there's a kind of renaissance and a, and a, a reinterpretation of Yiddish music, and people are making hip-hop out of Yiddish music and swing out of Yiddish music in every direction one could possibly imagine. So what's it look like? To you to, to, it's, you, it's really amazing. It's something that uh, it started about 30 years ago with a group from uh, California, San Francisco. Yes. And they sort of uh, hit a, 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 a faucet or something and it started to splurt. And, and, and uh, Klezma groups started uh, coming up, cropping up all over the place. And of course, we had the Klezmatics. And the New England Conservatory with Hankus Netsky. Of course. And the uh, Capella with Henry Sopoznik and the others. Right. And they're wonderful. And a lot of them do Yiddish songs. And do you find it, uh, uh, are you pleased that they do new things with the music? I'm very pleased. I don't care for it. <laughs> but I'm pleased that they're trying. I'm, I'm pleased that there, there are new ways to treat it and to look at it and to enjoy it and to be inspired by it. Well, I think it's a sign of the vitality of a culture, of the strength I, of a culture that it can be reinterpreted, I right? I think so. And I think it's a tribute to your own generosity of spirit that you can quell at the, uh, at the uh, new permutations. I think that's wonderful. I think it's wonderful yeah. to hear you say it. <laughs> <laughs> I only have one more question. Yes, yeah, sure. But it's probably the inevitable question. So what's your favorite Yiddish song of all time? Oh, that's a hard, a hard question. Of the ghetto songs, my favorite is uh, Unter Deiner Weisse Stem. Do you know that song? I do, but could you, could you sing it for us? Unter Deiner Weisse Stem, streck zu mir dein Weisse Hand. Meine Werte seinen, can't reach the note. Bilden ruin in thine Hand. Zer zungel, zer finkel, in mein Kellerischen Ru. Und ich such gar nicht ein Winkel, und ich such, wo bist du wo? Und ich such gar nicht ein Winkel, such, wo bist du wo? That's beautiful, brings uh, beautiful tears to my eyes. Yeah, can you translate it quickly for us? Yeah. Under your white skies, stretch out your hand, white hand to me. My words are tears that want to rest in your hand. See there, they're uh, cellar-like, uh, uh, spark, and I uh, and I search for you everywhere, and I don't know where you are, and I search for you. 
Beautiful. It's a beautiful song. Beautiful. Well, you have done so much to bring treasures to uh, new generations. It's enormously gratifying that there's a continuity here. But you, uh, you are a treasure, and I thank you so much for that. Uh, again, I'm speaking today with Hannah Mlatik, and she will be honored on June 12th, Tuesday, June 12th, at 7.30 p.m. at Town Hall here in New York City. We encourage people to attend. Thank but Hannah, thank you so much. Yeshikoya for a lifetime of work. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to Yiddish Book Center Radio, a production of the Yiddish Book Center in Amherst, Massachusetts. For additional interviews and conversations, please visit our website, yiddishbookcenter.org slash audio. Our producer is Emma Morgenstern. Zaymish, stark and gesund. Be strong, be well, and tune in again soon.